It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Is what we want to do is we want to talk to John Barchard, of course. He from BleedingGreenNation.com. The Eagles got the big win. It's Todd the Stewart. Mitch Rupert joins us from the Williamsport Sun Gazette. John, uh, first of all, I got some points from Shady McCoy. The, obviously, the most overriding thing about the Eagles' win. <laughs> well, uh, if you stuck with them, uh, more power to you. I mean, the running game did show up a little bit, but uh, still kind of sputtering here and there. But it's getting better, and that's a good thing. So. Um, um, mostly, uh, I'll, we'll, we'll talk off air. Maybe I can get you some, uh, good running backs to pick up on the waiver wire this week. Yeah, there was, there was, I, I looked real quick. There was nobody out there. So I went with them and he got me some <laughs> points and I've got a 40 point lead going into tonight. I'm done, but, uh, one guy has a guy for the chiefs, but I, I think I'm feeling a little secure. Do you play uh fantasy football bitch at all? Do you? Oh, absolutely. I'm in three different leagues. And, oh, geez. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm mostly mediocre. Oh, really? You're, you're amazingly average? I'm amazingly average, yes. <laughs> Mitch, any, Mitch, anytime you want to come and play in any one of my leagues, you're more than welcome to it, bud. How <laughs> are you getting set up? Yeah, he, he must play for money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, again, like we said last time, the tale of two halves again with the Eagles. They uh, almost snatched <laughs> defeat from the jaws of victory yesterday. Yeah, I mean, one of these times, I think just every time I call, you can pretty much just put that, you know, as the, the sweeper or the breaker. <laughs> right. Anytime that comes zooming through because it seems to be the same storyline every week here. But, uh, you know, the one positive thing, again, and uh, we said it during the, the Eagles' uh, two-minute uh, update this morning, was they made some history. I mean, when, you, when your special teams and your defense uh, keep scoring touchdowns, it's, it's a great sign. And they were able to do that again, and it was almost like a, a replay of kind of what happened in San Francisco. But, you know, it, it, to get that and to have back-to-back games – um, where you're scoring touchdowns there, you're usually going to win games, and they did here. Um, I thought the offense finally got some of the drives together, just like I was saying earlier. I think the running game kind of started showing up. Uh, Darren Sproles was very effective when he got the limited touches that he did. Um, there's still something going on there with uh, Shady McCoy. You know, the, the Lane Johnson effect obviously didn't have an overwhelming effect, but there were some more running lanes there for him. Um, a couple of bonehead plays on the, you know, on the offensive side there in the the second half, which kind of led and started leading the the, the comeback there. Um, the Nick Foles self fumble, not great for the highlight reel, um, but overall, I mean, I thought the defense again played exceptionally well minus the fourth quarter, um, and I think that's really what led this team to the victory you know you had you had uh, a lot of different pressures a lot of sack fumbles a lot of forced fumbles a lot of different turnovers so 
Um, it, it's definitely a, a nice kind of building block, but the, the fourth quarter was scary. I mean, you had very soft coverage going on, prevent defense, and prevent defense always prevents you from winning that old adage. But um, just um, not impressive play from either corner of Bradley Fletcher or Kerry Williams yesterday. Um, and there is, a, again, as always, tons of talk about upgrading that cornerback position. The problem is there's just nobody to fill those spots right now. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I wanted to bring up this point. I loved the Kerry Williams addition last year because I thought he brought a little attitude to the defense that they lacked in recent years, but he's been terrible this year. So what is the refusable, the refusal to play Brandon Boykin on the outside? Once a week, it seems he's not going to weigh a pass in the fourth quarter or making a big play, and they just refuse to play him on the outside. Why do you think that is? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the, that is the number one question that keeps going around here, too, is, um, you know, Chip Kelly and Billy Davis are pretty much saying the same thing of, well, if Boykin goes into, you know, the base coverage, then who plays nickel? And there's a point there, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable if, you know, a guy like Nolan Carroll or Jalen Watkins, the rookie who hasn't really seen the field you have to put in there or switch Kerry Williams in and out of there. But what they're not understanding is, is that you can still have them in a base coverage with Boykin on the outside, and if they force you into nickel, well, then you just move Boykin back into the nickel and you're pretty much in the same spot anyway, and that way you're not taking Brandon Boykin off the field. It's getting to the point now where it's almost ridiculous of like, okay, yes, I understand your theory on lengthy, tall guys with long arms that can bat away the ball, but when you're, I mean, when both of your starters have, and for the most part, I thought they did an okay job covering wide receivers, but they never turn their heads around, ever, 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 ever. It's for whatever Harris reason, disease, I call um, it. You know, and that could be... Those could be interceptions. Those could be batted balls. The the two touchdowns that they gave up or the long drives that they gave up in the fourth quarter were just, you know, it, it's stuff that you would learn at, a, at the base level of playing the position. Um, I don't know how much longer they can do it because when they start playing those big, tough offensive teams, it's going to be really, really, really tough. But um, I, I honestly think it's just personnel-driven. I don't really think that they have that much confidence going with it either way, but um, it's starting to get to the point where it's not going to matter, so I'm right there with you, Mitch. I, I don't know what's holding it up. Uh, on the other side of the ball, we talked about Shady McCoy and you know the, the, the fantasy being something separate here, uh, but it came out today, I believe Bleacher Report had the report on, uh, and Chip Kelly said that LaShawn McCoy kept himself out of that fourth quarter uh, during that, that drive where they had finally had to give it back and it almost cost him the game. Uh, is there something going on there that we don't know about or maybe you know about and you'll be willing to tell us? Uh, I mean, there are... Listen, there, there's been a lot of kind of speculation as far as what exactly is going on with Sean McCoy. Initially, you think it's health. Um, it could be frustration. It could be confidence. It could be a whole boatload of those things. Uh, I did hear Chip Kelly explain today that um, basically what it is is that he doesn't really control who goes in and who goes out. He thinks he's got two star-caliber running backs, and I don't really disagree with him there. So um, Deuce Staley, uh, uh, who is the running back coach, is in charge of kind of rotating those guys in and out and getting them fresh. So initially we thought the same thing, too, of just like, okay, it's third and six here. It's going down to the two-minute warning. Ooh, and you know what? Shady's not even – has Shady been in on this drive? Like, what's going on? Are they losing confidence in him? Are they losing confidence in Nick Foles because they're not throwing the ball? It's going to stop the clock either way. Why not go get the first down and go get the win? Uh, but, I mean, when you hear Chip kind of explain them, just 
they're rotating guys in and out. Um, I don't know if Shady was exhausted, uh, but uh, it, it was more or less they were trying to hit the same play that they did, I guess, in the second quarter when they lined up with two tight ends. It was third and six, and they thought they could break it through. But, um, yeah, I, I, I don't really know. I don't know what's going on. The cap number is going to be humongous for Shady, and a, and a lot of people don't like to talk about it, but if the performance kind of keeps up as it is and there's no improvement there, especially when the offensive line comes back, and I still think that's a key part of all this, maybe there's an expectation of there that he's not going to be there next year. And it's so weird to hear that a guy that was the NFL leading, leading rusher last year is now being in the discussion of, well, maybe the Eagles might cut him because look what they did with Sean. And he had, you know, all this other stuff too. So, It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, there's a lot of eyes on that situation. I, I thought uh, what was interesting, too, when they, they finally did have a little success with LaShawn McCoy running the ball, they got into run plays that were quick north and south plays. Instead of trying to, to stretch and, and, and pull Mulk uh, like they do with Kelsey and, and get to the edge, uh, they just got him started quick north and south, and he'd get four, five, six yards a pop. And uh, they they seemed to kind of live with that a little bit in the second half, and and found some success with it. Yeah, um, it, it was that was I think gave everybody kind of a nice relief of like, oh, okay, there there it is. Um, and going back to the last question too, I mean, I do think there is some of that pressing going on, and you saw it with like the the goofy, I'm gonna make something out of nothing, and then fumble the ball play like that's. You know that that's something I think Shady would have done in his rookie year. Um, I I don't think that the offense is adjusted to what's happened from week one. I really don't. Um, I think that's a big part of it. Uh, and, and you know because there was such. I mean, let's be honest. The Eagles had probably a top five offensive line before all the injuries went down. Um, they got lucky that that stayed together the last year. And um, going into this year, you know, there's, it's it's such a it's such a mess, and we're not sure how these guys can can really play. And the the left side of the ball, and just like you mentioned with David Mulk, he can't pull. He can't do the screen games gone. With Jason Kelsey out, that's that's a huge problem. That's a huge issue. Um, and we were talking on uh, uh, BGN Radio, our, our podcast on BleedingGreenNation.com, that, that, you know, that's still – he should probably shouldn't be playing center, like in the National Football League. Because <laughs> that's – that's that's a huge part of it too, guys. And um, I, I just think with a, with a couple more weeks here, when uh, you know Lane Johnson gets a gets a little more uh, back into into football form, um, it will open up a little bit more. But I'm not sure we're going to see the same shitty that we did last year. And with uh, you talked about the Eagles team having struggles on offense, the Giants coming in next week to the link, the Sunday nighter. Uh, they seem to have found their offense over the last couple of weeks. The Eli Manning we saw in the first couple of weeks certainly isn't the Eli Manning we saw in the last couple of weeks, John. No, not at all. And you, and you look around even the rest of the division, and I think a lot of us, including myself, just kind of uh, you know uh, wrote everybody off. I was never a big Jay Gruden fan, so I was just like, eh, Washington's not going to be too much of a problem. That's kind of proven semi-true. Um, you know, the Cowboys' defense is going to be terrible. Well, it's not as terrible as you might think, and you know their offense seems to be the same old Dallas offense. And then the Giants were the other team that was just kind of a, a footnote. Everybody had just assumed that why are they bringing in this new offensive coordinator? They're going to more like hurry up style. Um, it's Eli Manning. I mean, look at all the interceptions that he had last year. Um, but they have really kind of put it together where 
you know, Eli Manning's getting rid of the ball in two seconds or less. Um, the, the pressure that he's seeing is just not there. And granted, they just played Atlanta, who's, uh, I'm pretty sure anyone could start <laughs> for the Atlanta <laughs> defense right now, uh, especially the guys I'm talking to. Uh, but, um, it's, uh, it, it will be, it, I, I really don't like saying like, oh, this is a must win game, but it's a very, very important one. And for the Eagles to be able to go into, uh, you know, a Sunday night football game with this kind of hype around it, it's a rivalry game. So everybody's pumped up for it. Uh, I think it's very important for them to get this game under their belt and get into the bye, uh, get healthy, recoup, do whatever, um, because five and one sounds a lot sweeter than four and two uh, uh, rolling into the rest of the season. How goes the bromance with Nick Foles, John? Uh, you know, I, th- I think I'm on Tinder and a couple other uh, quarterback <laughs> uh, dating sites, and uh, just you know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking around. I'm just, I'm not uh, again, I'm not completely sold one way or the other here. It's, you are it's really. You are so fickle, John. <laughs> right, that's the thing. It's, it's so hard to me because, it, 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 again, the 27-2 and two is stuck in everybody's head. But just like you, you look at the footwork, you look at everything else, and it seems like he's looking at ghosts out there. I, I, we're all rooting for him, but there, there's, there's going to come a time of just yay or nay, and I'm not going to look like an idiot anymore, so I'm going to reserve my opinions from that on until there's a more clear picture on what the Eagles are doing. I think it goes back, you know, I said this to anybody I could tell last year. I, I never thought Nick Foles was the, the franchise quarterback, the quarterback of the future, but he was the best option they had for right now. So I, I, I think it's going to prove that Chip Kelly's going to have to bring in a quarterback of his choosing, but for what they want to do, Nick Foles is is capable of running this offense, it seems. Oh, yeah, and absolutely he is. And I guess that's why everybody's very baffled, very questioned on what's exactly happening here. There's a lot of Nick Foles defenders through the first few weeks of, you know, he's just got to get his feet right. The, the old line's not that great. And I do absolutely 100% believe that that's a part of it too. Um, but there's just, again, there's so many throws that he's missing and there's so many weird inaccuracies on on the goods that basically was, were sold to the entire fan base of, you know, he's a great decision maker and all this other stuff. Well, I mean, there were, there were a bunch of times <laughs> through the course of the season that it just kind of went away. Um, you know, he's throwing off his back foot a lot. He's not stepping up in the pocket. There's a couple of throws even yesterday that were just kind of wild pop fly. Uh, it felt like everybody's playing 500 in the backyard and throwing up a football in the air. And you're like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Um, but um, it's – and I don't think it's with anything else. I mean, there's really nothing that changed – uh, offensively, a lot of people are going to point to Deshaun Jackson not being there, but uh, I mean he hasn't had that great of a season except for the the game that he had uh, against the Eagles. Um, I think there's enough weapons there uh, where that can help him out. It's just again, it's the number one question of what's wrong with them, and we all want answers to kind of point into and say, well, that's why the the offense is sputtering, and I just think it's a collective whole of everything. It's LaShawn McCoy, it's Nick Foles, it's the offensive line. To some extent, it's uh, Riley Cooper, and, you know, he kind of disappeared, too. The, his hands just decided not to work ever since the Saints playoff game, and um, there there just needs to be more help. The, the engine's running. It just needs to be a little more fine-tuned, and that's what I keep telling people. The second that it does, and everything kind of clicks together, this special teams, and this is not a hyperbole statement, is the best in the league. 
without a doubt. And uh, the defense is good enough to hang in with most teams in this league. So if it all kind of comes together like it did last year late in the season, look out, everybody. But uh, until then, everybody's still nervous about what's going on in uh, Philadelphia with the offense. Eagles and Giants next Sunday night, and we'll talk with you next Monday afternoon. John Barchard from BleedingGreenNation.com. We appreciate your time, bud, as always, and we'll talk in a week. Sounds great, guys. Thank you very much.